This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. The interview I'm posting today took place before the horrific murder of Laura Ann Carlton, who was killed for flying a pride flag outside her store in California. My guest, Bryn Tannehill, has been an outspoken advocate for LGBTQ plus rights and has deep insights into the rising tide of hate towards her community. Our conversation focuses mostly on how courts, and the Supreme Court in particular, are reinforcing the idea that LGBTQ plus people can be treated as second-class citizens. But whenever we have conversations like this on Against All Enemies, I worry they might seem overly academic. The truth is, for those who continue to face this kind of hate, the stakes are life and death. We don't yet have all the details about the murder of Laura Ann Carlton, except that she was killed for flying a pride flag. Here's a brief report from a local news station. My conversation with Brent Tannehill is right after. A memorial is growing tonight outside a Cedar Glen shop one day after its owner was shot and killed. 66-year-old Lori Carlton owned Magpie Boutique. Detectives say her killer made several disparaging remarks about a pride flag on display at the store before shooting her. San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies arrived and confronted the shooter and wound up shooting and killing him. Carlton is survived by her husband and nine children. County Supervisor Don Rowe posted a message to social media today calling this a senseless act of hate and violence, saying everyone deserves to live free of hate and discrimination. My guest today is Bryn Tannehill, a former Navy pilot and the author of American Fascism. She is a keen observer of the Supreme Court and recently wrote a piece for The New Republic that warns about the far-reaching implications of recent SCOTUS decisions. I wanted to talk to Bryn today about the legal cover now being provided to extremist groups. Bryn, welcome to Against All Enemies. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. Uh, Glad to have you back. You concluded that piece in The New Republic with this paragraph. In a decade, we will look back at these decisions and see their role in our national unraveling and descent into theocratic authoritarianism much more clearly. But today, we can only watch in helpless terror as the Roberts Court unleashes a Pandora's box of horrors courtesy of the religious right because there is literally nothing we can do to stop it, and they simply do not care what the consequences of their decisions are. Can you talk about the capture by the religious right of the court and why extremist groups like the Proud Boys and Moms for Liberty are cheering that on. So there's really two decisions happening here. One is 303 Creative, which said that a hypothetical company that has never had any customers and actually made up the one customer they potentially might have would someday maybe have to provide a wedding website to a gay couple that may or may not actually exist. And the court decided, why, yes, someday that would be awful. That would be compelled speech to have to make a website for a gay couple. 
uh, a wedding website for a gay couple. And there's the issue of dubious standing there. But now broadly, there is the idea that civil rights laws can no longer uh, protect you from discrimination if that discrimination is theoretically based in some sort of creative activity. And I've taken a lot of heat from people who are saying, well, this is a very narrowly tailored um, decision. You don't really understand what this means. You're being paranoid. And I don't think I'm being paranoid here. Um, if you actually read the article, you can see that the court has been very, very deferential to anything the government does, uh, infringing on religious freedom or religious liberty to the point of saying that a religious based charity organization can't be required to sign a waiver saying that it's not going to provide birth control, right? That's, that's too much. A, a one page sheet of paper or electronic form that they turn into the IRS is too much to ask of a, of a religious organization, right? And nobody was ever denied these waivers either, right? But just the mere asking them to sign the form is too much. Um, and what this means is that anything that's considered creative, and they don't do, a, don't do anything to address what's considered creative, um, is is something where you can refuse to serve people based off of whatever your beliefs are. And this exemption didn't just go to LGBT people. This was just broadly. So let's say that you have uh, what cast is creative, right? You realize that uh, the guy behind the counter at Subway is a sandwich artist, right? And if you get down to it, what's the difference between making a hamburger uh and making a cake. Well, if, if it's theoretically a wedding cake for a gay couple, even if they you know, bought it out of a catalog and said, I want that one, uh, well, we won't serve you. Well, I want that Whopper. Yeah, sorry, it's creative enterprise. You can't have it your way, right? <laughs> and this is where we're going. Defining a creative endeavor is so broad that basically anything you make, any kind of service, right? So a uh, waiter or waitress could say um, that pretending to like the customers is a form of theater and an artistic endeavor. And I'm not going to pretend, for these customers, I'm not going to pretend to like them. I hate them. And my, or my religion says that uh, I don't, is that slaves obey your masters according to Ephesians 6.5 and I don't believe white people should serve black people. You know, and this could be a sincerely held religious belief. It could not be. It could just be that the server believes that black people tip badly. Um, but now this is potentially covered. But for certain, making something for somebody uh, could be considered a creative endeavor and you can refuse service. And it's not just to LGBT people. It's to virtually anyone, right? And it's not even just, you know, race or national origin or LGBT, the courts have already decided that religious organizations can discriminate against people who aren't co-religious. So you could refuse to serve somebody because um, of their religion, right? We've already seen that with uh, in South Carolina, where an adoption agency wouldn't uh, adopt children out to Jewish people. So this is, this is pretty far-ranging, and this is... We don't know how far it's going to go, but given the deference 
that this court has given to religion and given how they have now said civil rights laws have a big loophole in them for First Amendment rights, whether it's freedom of religion or freedom of expression, that's really bad because it allows people to exploit that ruthlessly, potentially. And I'm going to point out it's already starting to happen. We're seeing people like Ben Shapiro and Crowder and Walsh already saying that the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which would protect from these sorts of discrimination, should go away entirely, right? And this is kind of the Pandora's box that it's opened. Um, and it's going to lead to people discriminating pretty blatantly and being willing to test the law. I'm going to offer one more thing up that's kind of a criticism of my critics, which is last year when Dobbs went down and I sounded the alarm and said, this is really, really bad. This is going to have downstream effects. And the response that I got was, eh, it'll be fine. This, it's, it's nearly here. It's only abortion. Well, over the weekend, the Supreme Court uh, the not sorry the Sixth Circuit uh, basically ruled against people trying to keep an injunction in place uh, against a law that would prevent trans people from getting health care. And this decision by the Sixth Circuit in a uh, two-one decision cited Dobbs nine times when saying states can deny anybody health care for pretty much any reason they want. Um, so no, Dobbs was a lot bigger than just abortion and. In the same way, Graph versus DeJoy and 303 Creative is a lot bigger than just websites or wedding cakes. These cases have presented themselves as defenses of religious liberty. That's how they've worked their way through the courts. That's the argument being made by uh, the plaintiffs or sometimes defendants in these in these cases. Why have extremist groups cheered them on. It's not just about religious liberty, obviously, when you have groups like the Proud Boys and and Moms for Liberty uh, doing high fives over these outcomes. What is in it for them? So one of the things that I highlight in American fascism repeatedly is that there is a longstanding connection between white nationalism, racism, and the modern far-right movement and the evangelical movement. They're all kind of one big lump of history together. And, you know, the easiest way to point to that is the Southern Baptist uh, Convention was founded by a bunch of people who thought that they were being discriminated against in the Baptist church for being slave owners. And they didn't like that. They want, And they created it to justify slavery and to have their pro-slavery religious club. Um, but... While the religion seems neutral on its face, that supposedly, well, a gay person can discriminate against a Christian or a Muslim. The truth of the matter is, is that Christians are still the majority religion in the United States, right? And that if a Christian refuses to serve LGBT people, they're going to lose maybe 2% of the population that they, that they serve. Whereas if a LGBT business owner refuses to serve Christians um, uh, or white people, they're going to lose more than 50% of their potential client base. So while this is facially neutral, in effect, it says this group of people absolutely gets to discriminate as much as they want. And this group, these other groups of people that are much smaller can't effectively discriminate against anyone because they will go out of business. Uh, this is, in effect, 
uh, a ruling that absolutely favors Christians because they are the dominant religion and they lose very, very little if they choose to discriminate. Whereas the people that are being discriminated against lack the money and the power and the size to make anyone pay for that. Um, or to, you know, to create an effective boycott or in general, just to, uh, be able to do it in reverse and have it have any sort of effect whatsoever. This is the powerful against the powerless. Um, yeah, it's one of a piece and it starts ushering in, uh, a new era where racial discrimination becomes possible again, um, no matter what civil rights laws we pass. And that's exceptionally, exceptionally dangerous because it takes us back to a place that's pre-Civil Rights Act, potentially. Um, you know, they're okay. Now, I will say that can you refuse to serve someone or sell someone, you know, a package of chewing gum that you did not make that you don't interact with them, they go to the rack, they pick it up, they run it across the scanner, and they leave the store. Okay, yeah, that's, that's, the, the ruling doesn't say that you can just tell someone, no, you can't do that. But that's actually the more narrow version than selling a product that you yourself made or providing a service, right? Um, so that's, you know, you could claim that, you know, ringing things up for somebody is an act of creation or artistic expression, right? Because it's an action. I don't know how exactly, but they're going to try and expand that as much as possible. Or they could say that there's a religious, uh, religious objection, right? So this, this just opens up so many awful possibilities. And it's not just selling things to people. It's in the workplace, too right? What if in the workplace uh, you want to misgender coworkers? You don't want to recognize the authority of a black supervisor. You don't want to recognize the authority of a female supervisor. You don't want female employees, right? Uh, because you think women should be at home making babies and raising children, right? This opens up all kinds of nasty, nasty, nasty possibilities going forward. You know, civil rights laws no longer apply. The last time we spoke, you talked about the anti-trans legislation sweeping the country, enabled by some of these court decisions. You talked about the implications for you, and I think you gave the example of singing to your kids in the in the car in, in Texas. Um, I'm wondering, well, it's a moral panic like every other moral panic this country has experienced in, in that it's about something else, right? Especially when you talk about the the anti-drag legislation, it's really about trans persecution. But it is different in that this time it is giving a a violent group or violent groups a a point of attack. It's giving them a place to focus their energy. Trans people are uh, are targets of, of violent activity, and it has the the cover of law now. Um, when you're talking about these these anti-trans bills, so I don't know how it's going to translate into violence, but it definitely creates the first class citizens and second class and third class citizens. Um, it creates those who are free to discriminate and those who can do nothing about it. 
um, and only can suffer from it. Uh, for trans people uh, in the workplace, this starts getting into some weird areas. Well, what if you have one person in a, co- a me- mega corporation, let's just say like a Lockheed Martin, right? It's big, big, big company, right? You know, and you have one person who says they will object to contributing to healthcare within the company, that that healthcare uh, includes coverage of birth control or abortion or trans healthcare, right? Or in vitro fertilization or adoption by gay couples, right? Any that any benefit that they pay into, uh, they can they can claim that this is a form of compelled speech. Money is speech, right? That's Citizens United, right? And the company takes money from me out of my paycheck and they spend it on things that I object to. And this is a form of compelled speech saying that I support uh, any of these things that I don't like for religious reasons, right? Well, what happens then? And the answer is, I don't know. But the rulings the court has given so far suggest that the court is going to be very, very open to telling corporations, yeah, you can't provide birth control anymore if even one person objects. You can't let trans people use bathrooms on corporation premises if anyone objects. You can't provide health care to trans people. You can't provide abortion. You can't provide uh, adoption services to couples. You can't provide in vitro fertilization. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, right? Um, And that's going to start running into... Run, bumping up against federal law uh, on what has to be in uh, healthcare provided by companies, and it's going to start bumping into what state law says about co- uh, companies have to provide to employees. Now, ERISA figures into that, but that's like another legal topic altogether. But if a company <clears throat> exists solely within one state, right, then they have to abide by state insurance laws. Briefly, what are the things we should be looking for? Uh, coming next, when I when I tell people to stay vigilant, what are they being vigilant uh, for? So the things that I'd watch for next are stories of businesses trying to refuse customers on the basis of sex or religion, uh, or on the basis of religion and discriminating on the basis of sex or race. Um, I'm go- look for restaurants to start refusing service to. LGBT customers to black customers uh, and being fairly blatant about it and and trying to expand the envelope of what the courts consider um, creative endeavors. Because if you can refuse to cook, bake somebody a cake, you can refuse to cook them a hamburger, right? It's just food. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Bryn. Uh, We would love to have you back. Really appreciate your insights. Thank you very much.